Hello, and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are going to continue our elemental series, and we're going to talk about the element of water. But first, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, leave a rating, etc, etc. on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. We're on all of them. We're everywhere. Follow us on Facebook and join the group. You can follow us over on Instagram and there's still merch on Tea Tree. So First of all, a little bit of housekeeping. We are sorry for the delay in releasing some of our episodes. Uh, life got the better of us. And this is a passion project, not a paid project. So. <laughs> Living's health and work come first. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's been a sick grand bug in the house this week. And, you know, it's chaos. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so water, the element of emotions and the subconscious think of all of the things that you associate with water the past episodes when we've done our elemental stuff i've asked you to think of a few words to you relate to water and for me it's always things like crying water is connected to our emotions and the world of our subconscious and our intuition so a lot of your intuition work, your your divination work, all of that sort of work, you're going to want to call on the element of water. Like I said, related to our psychic abilities and our inner wisdom. When we look at shamanic work, a lot of the time, you're envisioning water in some way through crossing a river to leave behind things or to travel to another realm, or you go into the ocean or into a stream to cleanse yourself. Think the Christian baptism, right? That's, that's water, mm -hmm. right? Water is the element of the moon. So if you are super into moon work, like both Nancy and I are, we're going to be drawing on a lot of water concepts and you can really use water to help connect. It's also associated with Neptune and Pluto, the planets, not necessarily the Greek deity, Greek <laughs> and Roman deities, but you know, yep. also, also those two. Uh, <laughs> the astrological signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Pisces makes so much sense because its symbol is the fish. The direction is west and the sense is taste. And if you're into working with archangels, uh, that one's going to be Gabriel. The tarot suit is cups. Naturally, the colors associated with water are all of the colors of the ocean, the blues, the indigos, those purples, as well as silver and white. I also have seen several sources recently that have placed pastel tones of red and orange into this. And honestly, I think a almost any pastel tones would work because they're watered, sort of watered down yeah. versions. Yeah. The crystals. So obviously any of the ones from water. So your pearl, your abalone, any of your shells, amethyst, blue lace agate, jade, moonstone, topaz, malachite, and rhodonite, as well as any of the ones in the color family. So like if you need to substitute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't go out and buy. <laughs> but yeah. Don't stress yourself out. Remember here at Lunar Magic Tea Time, we believe that the which the the magic is in your intent and you don't need all the bells and whistles 
but the bells and whistles are fun. Yes. <laughs> you just have to have them. <laughs> so the herbs for water are going to be rosemary, apple, chamomile, catnip, poppy, ginseng, rose, gardenia, jasmine, birch, watercress. And I didn't see this anywhere, but honestly, why not seaweeds? Yeah. I There's so many different kinds. There's so many different ways you could use them. Like, why not add some seaweed? Any of your dune grasses? If you've been to the ocean, look at those dune grasses. So, you know, remember when you're working with the elements, it's what you're associating with the elements. It doesn't matter what I say. I'm just here to kind of poke you into thinking, you know, bigger picture. The box. Mm -hmm. So magical creatures, we have your undines, your kelpie, your selkie, merfolk, etc. So, so many. And most are going to be at least a tiny bit dangerous. Just kind of be really aware uh, that when you're working with mystical, mythical creatures, they don't work like humans. Some some of them are straight up dangerous. Like, please do not mess around with Kelpie <laughs> ever. They're scary. And I'm not scared of a lot of them. And I don't like Kelpie. So, <laughs> Also, the Gorgons, uh, which includes Medusa, nymphs, including the Naiads, which are freshwater, freshwater nymphs, and the Nereids, which are sea nymphs, and the Oceanids from freshwater sources. That's kind of funny. Right. You would think that would be the seawater source. Right. But it's, it's not. I don't, I don't know. I imagine that an oceanid would be found by our stream that feeds into the ocean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would make sense to me. So for deities, and remember, uh, I had said it last episode, but probably all of them, um, I'm pulling primarily from open, yeah. open faith paths. Uh, so if you are from a closed faith path, look up your own. Uh, there's almost every path has water deities in some way whether it's ponds or lakes or oceans or rain or snow because snow is nothing but water you're gonna have someone who can help connect you to the element of water uh so the deities belisma who is a celtic slash irish of the lakes rivers as well as fire and crafts. Hmm. Grannis, again, he has been everywhere lately in all of my research. And uh, he is just kind of a catch-all guy, honestly. He just does a lot. Nodens, who is also Celtic slash Irish, healing the sea and hunting, and they are all marked as separate aspects. So you wouldn't necessarily call on him if you were fishing, which is the sea version of hunting, right? Yeah. Right. And you wouldn't necessarily call on him to heal you from a wound you got at sea. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? I don't work with him. He may have a different opinion for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brigid, Brigid, naturally, uh, with her sacred wells and her sacred fires. And Danu, who is really just Danu. <laughs> <laughs> the Germanic deity, Eiger, I don't know how, I don't speak German. A-E-I-G-I. 
S-I-R is how it is spelled. The personification of the sea, uh, along with his wife, Ran, who is the sea goddess of death, who scoops up the dead in her net. People that die in the water? or <laughs> I, In one version of a myth that I read about her, she scoops up everything. She's a collector. So oh. if it's given to the sea, she collects it. So if you die in the sea, she's going to get you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but I am a fan of using modern day culture mm-hmm. and aspects of it to draw into your practice. Uh, uh, Some people call it pop magic, call it whatever you want. In England, we would see folkloric figures like the Father Thames, who is obviously the spirit of the River Thames, Mm -hmm. and Davy Jones, who is a lost pirate, basically, depending on the myth. But, you know, if you have a story that you're very familiar with that you like, use the people in the story to work with. Greek and Roman. Now, there's a lot of crossover uh, in part because geographically there was a lot of trading, et cetera. Uh, And then the Romans, you know, occupied Greece and all of that colonial colonization stuff. So I'm kind of lumping them together as best I can. Naturally, we have Poseidon slash Neptune, god of the sea. Pluto, but not Hades because Pluto is water, but Hades is not so much water, but they're both underworld, deathy sorts of deities. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this, but then I will spell it for you because I don't speak Greek either. Um, Achelios, A-C-H-E-L-O-U-S. He is specifically a river spirit. Uh, Most of the rivers in Greece have their own powerful deities. If you are connected to a specific river, and this is is something that I I bring up, you know, where we live, there's streams and rivers literally everywhere. So if you are connected to a specific place geographically and there is water there, go talk to the spirits and they and let them tell you. Go talk to the elementals in that area and let them guide your work. Sato, <laughs> goddess of the dangers of the oceans and sea monsters. Same thing. <laughs> you, right? right? One belongs to the other category. <laughs> Uh, Oceanus, the Titan elder, he is a Titan elder god. Hmm. Forkies, P-H-O-R-C-Y-S, I have no idea. Hidden dangers of the deep. Tethys, a Titan goddess of freshwater sources. And Triton, her brother. So remember when we started this whole process, I had said, let's write down some words that you associate with each element. So for me, for water, I wrote ocean, flow, yoga, peace, depth, paint, and Taoism. Because there's a Taoist scripture that says uh, it's basically flow like water. Like that's anyway. (laughs) So Nancy, what did you write? Oh, heck of a I remember. Um, (laughs) If I had to, I guess I didn't read this far in your document. (laughs) Um, To me, of course, ocean, river, recharge, um, flow, serenity, and the moon. It all makes sense when you look at the, that the moon is the sign of water. Some journal questions to connect with the element of water would be, again, to continue that practice of writing down the words and then exploring why 
you wrote down those words, but also what does my truest emotional center feel or look like? And I will tell you what, that one, that one's a hard one. That also is fluid. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that's, I think that that's a very valuable lesson in the element of water, having adaptability. Mm -hmm. What is my soul saying to me right now? What does my shadow self feel like? What parts of myself am I still learning to accept and love? And what are some ways I can nurture myself to that love? Okay, now some mantras, because I like a mantra. Lately, I've been working a lot with mantras. I flow like water. My needs flow to me like water. I am aligned with my highest emotions. I am guided by the current of truth. So let's get into the simple spells. I like to make magical waters and Nancy's made some magical waters too. To make a magical water, you need to know what exactly what sort of energy you're wanting to bring in. So do you want solar water, moon water, eclipse water, Tuesday water? <laughs> I mean, I don't know your life. I, the moon. Yeah. Waning. Yeah. Yeah. And the faces of the moon is there, uh, you know, we just had that eclipse. I didn't get to see because it was so cloudy here. Uh, but I know it happened because people told me, do you want water uh, to use for a specific event or from a specific event? The possibilities are endless, mm-hmm. really. You add crystals and herbs, but always, you know, I'm paranoid. So I'm going to give the warning. Make sure your crystals are water safe. Some do not like being in the water. Some will make the water toxic. If you're planning on ingesting your magical water, which is fine, provided you've done your homework, making sure you're not using any toxic herbs or toxic crystals or anything like that. There are ways you can buy water bottles that have a a glass tube that you can stick your crystals in, Mm -hmm. separates them from the water. And you can do that. Um, I have made magical water by setting my water in a jar. Nancy will tell you, I'm a cheap witch. I'm the witch that saves every jar that ever comes through my house. And I will just wash those out really good, run them through the dishwasher. I keep the lids because why would I buy new lids? That's ridiculous. They come with lids. Come on, people. Uh, But I've taken the water that I want to infuse with the energy and I've laid the crystals around the bottle Mm -hmm. as opposed to in it. Or I have set the bottle on the crystals as opposed to in it just because. I wasn't sure. So that's an easy way to do it. But all you're going to do is you're going to infuse the water with the energy using the time of day, the moon phase, whatever. It doesn't need to take very long. You're just infusing it with energy. Now you can use this water for anointing candles, for blessing yourself, for adding to your baths, to your magical baths. Um, we not that long ago did a whole episode on magical bath. I used it for my magnesium spray. Mm-hmm. That stuff's the bomb. Because my son-in-law said, are you going to use moon water? And I'm like, oh, I am now. So when I was doing a little research on water magic, first of all, the one thing when I think of water, I think of all those sound experiments. 
Mm-hmm. Where they expose um, water to rock music or heavy metal or Beethoven and how the shapes of the water change. Um, responsive to the water, the crystals in the water respond to that. It kind of amazes me. The other thing that a uh, good sentence I found was intent and water and delivery method is magical change. What I didn't think about of, and I should have, because Kristen freezes some shit all the time. <laughs> is the three different states that water can be in. Oh my God, I didn't either. Oh my God. Right? You never or didn't put all that together. Um, freezing water to stop an, any, an enemy or binding, defrosting ice to unbind, writing sigils in a fogged up mirror or glass uses steam. And where you can collect water from influences the magic. Water collected during a storm, from a river, from an ocean, etc. I have this book. That I'm going to give you the name for Water, Witchcraft, Magic, and Lore from Celtic Tradition and by Anwen Avalon. Um, she goes into collecting dew water, brackish water, um, fog and mist uses to access the other world. Hail collected during a storm comes from the sky in a furious state. Keep it frozen or melted or stored in a bottle. This can be used for cursing or making a base for war water. Bog, swamp, and cattle use dark water. Decaying matter has become stagnant. These waters can be used for darker magic, ancestral work, or to hide or cover a mask. Fountains and pools. Ooh, ooh, okay. This is interesting, so I'm going to read a little bit on this one. So fountains and pools. Water pumped through homes, heaters and fountains is something chlorinated. When I first started to encounter water spirits, I looked to the old and traditional ways. As my practice expanded, however, I found that these waters also had personality and spirit and could be used in my personal work. If you live near or around these types of man-made waters, you can still develop a relationship with them and use them for specific and personal purposes. Um, lake and pond water, rainwater, river water, that, you know, you don't really think about it. Um, river water, fast-moving water can be used in conjunction with the place of the chariot card and the tarot to speed things up. If you need to move something quick, so you just don't think about snow and ice, well water, waterfalls. The water is useful in cleansing and purification in rites of birth and beauty. Seawater can be used to work with spirits and water deities with a prayer or blessing. Can be used as holy water as in already salty. So it gets to me not complicated, but it gets very detailed in in all the different states of water and the different types of water. Yeah. I mean, and, states, I didn't even, I'm like, oh, brings all kinds of new things out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. And I was just thinking, you know, I've made war water before for a very specific purpose. And now I'm thinking, oh, there were ways to make it so much more powerful. I don't know if you have this book. Yeah, I do. It's in storage. I got to go get it. it. It's pretty. I mean, it goes all the way from the tides and can go into all the different things at the water, but it's a good book because it okay. brought things to light that I didn't even think about. Well, I was just sitting here as you were reading that I was going, I, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Humans are almost entirely water. Yeah. Percentage wise. We are water. I was sitting here thinking, well, is it one of those things where I've just been so close to it because it's me? Yeah, that's that's bonkers. There's some really interesting, <gasps> oh, you know what we need to do the next rain? We need to go get water from your wetlands. Yeah, that probably falls under swamp and... Watch out for the nutria. <laughs> well, they've cut back so much of the wetland. I don't think, I don't know where Bob's gone. <laughs> you named him Bob. He used to, but he had, they had babies and when we'd be out with the telescope, you'd hear, like, 
what are those crazy humans doing? But that brings us to another really good point too, is when you're working with the elements, there's helper animals that you can use. Um, For water, I would definitely say the nutria. Otters, their cute little faces. Ducks, herons, any of the water fowl and any of the fish, obviously, salmon and seagulls. But fish and, oh, beavers. Beavers, yes. Otters. There's just so many ways to to connect with the element itself, but then Mm -hmm. also use the element to connect with in other ways. I just remembered the meditation I was going to write down and I didn't do it, but here we go. (laughs) Much like the candle meditation where we just stare into the candle flame, we're going to do, it's kind of a meditation, but it's also a divination practice. And for me personally, um, as someone who works a lot with divination practices in general, it is a form of meditation every time I do it because I have to get into that slightly disconnected, but much more entirely connected space. That was a weird sentence. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I'll get to sit with that one. I'm not going to fix it. So the meditation we're going to do, water scrying. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want a large, flat-ish, or shallowish bowl or a plate that you can put water in, you know, like a, a plate with the, that goes up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You do not want deep sides. You want it pretty shallow. Okay. I have a scrying bowl that is made specifically for scrying. It was, it's made by a local, local potter and, and it was made specifically to be a scrying bowl. I, you can use any color, but it needs to be plain. You do not want a pattern. You do not want anything to distract. I prefer to scry with my black bowl, Uh with my my specific scrying bowl, because it's so dark. It kind of just helps me sink in. That might bother you, or that might make you feel a little lost or disconnected. Use whatever works for you, but it should really be plain. And much like with the fire one, the candle meditation, you're just going to stare. <laughs> you're going to center yourself. You're going to take your deep breaths. You're going to get ready to meditate. And you're going to look into the water that you've put in this bowl. And you're going to do the thing that is almost impossible to explain, like the magic eye paintings where you lose focus, mm-hmm. do the little, the soft focusy thing, and then the whole new thing comes into, you're going to do that with the bowl. And you're going to see how the water is moving or not moving. And you're just going to sink deeper and deeper into effectively into the water as a connection. And you're going to do that for as long as, as you're comfortable. And when you're done, you're going to come back from it and you're going to write any notes. You may see nothing. You may have a lovely stream of consciousness sort of conversation with yourself. You may see visions. You may see nothing. It's all good because you know what? Not all, not all meditations are for all people. Well, I did do the floating tank. <gasps> oh, I know. Oh, I was water. And first 15 minutes, I was just like figuring out that. And I did get, I did get some visions, but like that is kind of water, elemental magic because you're in the water and it's a meditation because you've been cut off from everything else. I will start going more regularly. 
I don't know if I told you this or not. When I was meditating the other night and asked to connect to my spirit guides, and I got a flash of a man's face. No, you did not tell me that. Yeah, he was um, just his face and short, kind of whitish gray hair with a real neat beard. Huh, interesting. Obviously not the celestial beings that I've been told no. are my spirit guides, but I don't know. Interesting. It's the first time, you know, usually me with meditation, usually communicate on their own time. Well, that's the nature of dealing with things that are not human. Yeah. So interesting. Today is the first day in a while, and I don't know if it's, I just have been working too much lately that I didn't hear silver bells. So my bed is Nana somewhere else right now. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Because usually at least once a day when I'm in the kitchen or I'm driving, I hear it and I didn't hear it at all today. So interesting. Oh, okay. So here's one thing too. Yesterday I had a bowl of popcorn and I put my uh, Redmond salt on it because it has all the minerals. And when I got done, you know, all the salts on the bottom and I was walking to the kitchen, it was changing shape. I'm like, oh, instead of tea leaves, I could use Redmond salt. I would shake it. And one time I swore it was Africa. It came out just like. You should try that. You should work. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. This would be better than me than Redmond or sea salt. Yeah, I was thinking sea salt. Yeah, it's actually. A little, grainy, a little more grainy than. The chunky. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad idea. No, because I shook it a couple of times and it was getting different. I'm like, oh, this might better work better than tea leaves for me. I think it would. Yeah. So we might. Oh, I like that idea. I like that oh. idea a lot. I'll see. <laughs> Maybe on the weekend I'll do some, I'll get <laughs> some uh, more grainy sea salt. But it was for the Redmond salt. It was working pretty because I walked to the thing and it was kind of shaking, and I kind of gave another shake, and I go, "That looks like Africa. There's a lot of stuff going over there in that general area." <laughs> you you should absolutely do that. That I love that. I love that idea. Use the tools that you have, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and work with what calls to you and makes sense to you in your practice. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the beautiful thing about, about magic or living a witchy sort of pagan life is you are forced to look at yourself and examine yourself deeply in a way most of us haven't Mm -hmm. or weren't raised to being able to look deeply inside and say, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. These are the reasons this is, you know, it's a really empowering, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked a few times with tea leaves and I don't know, they were got too clumpy or whatever. And I feel like I should be working with something like that. But then yesterday I went, Ooh, kind of calling to me. Well, it doesn't matter if anybody's used it before. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, you know, Nana was calling to you to work with the, with the tea leaves, but that's, that was her practice. That's what she did. And so that's naturally what she's going to say is going, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be her first go-to. Yeah. And I think it's just the method because they're going to be very similar methods. Yeah. It's all just looking to see images, not that Mm -hmm. what you can take from it. So yeah, I'm going to experiment with different, um, coarseness of salt Popping trees. anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> or just get on and do delivery as i do most of the time anymore so that's our episode on the element of water our next episode will be Samhain 2023 yes we're going to release them back to back to catch up so that's water 
Um, again, don't forget to like, subscribe, subscribe, share, et cetera, et cetera, on your favorite podcast app. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, all of them, literally all of them. Um, <laughs> find us on Facebook and join the Facebook group. Uh, you can email us. I did not do that in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> you can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. The website is lunarmagicteatime.com. As always, have a magical day and go out there and gather different types of water and let us know what magic you did with it. As always, have a magical day.